Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now, I don't want to waste a second before I bring him in because I have been wanting this for a while. Good job, producer Chris, for getting him on. Is Jim Cobb of DoomsdayPrepConsultants.com. The dude has written about 9,000 books. He's been featured nationally. And Jim, I need to know where I get my bunker, how I should build my bunker, and what I need in my bunker. <laughs> well... I'll be honest with you, uh-huh. bunkers are kind of, they're far down on the list oh, in terms of priorities when it, it comes to being prepared for emergencies, okay? Okay. Um, reason being, number one, they're expensive, and number two, the odds of a disaster happening to such a degree that you need to be in a bunker is fairly remote compared to the run-of-the-mill types of disasters that happen all the time. Okay. okay. Um, what I like to tell people is to, you know, 
ramp up. Start small and work your way towards the bigger goals. Don't try to, you know, do it all at once. For example, when we talk about emergency food, a lot of people, their instinct is to hop online and try to find a pallet's worth of MREs or freeze-dried food, something like that, that they can just buy in one fell swoop. Well, I know you have experience with MREs. Mm-hmm. Do, do you enjoy living on those for a week at a time? No, I, no, I do not. No, I I'll certainly do what. not. I'm so thrilled to hear that there's a different answer. <laughs> I, I mean, I tell you what, that that's one way to solve the toilet paper shortage problem. Okay. <laughs> it's so criminally true. I, I told this story on the air the other day, Jim, that uh, that is not, it's no solution for your insides, let me tell you. No. Okay. No. What I tell people is eat what you, or store what you eat, eat what you store. Okay. When you go grocery shopping, most people, most families are buying at least some quantity of shelf-stable food on a regular basis. They're buying canned goods. They're buying pasta. They're buying rice because that's what they eat on a regular basis. Just increase the quantity of those things that you buy. You know, for example, if your family particularly likes Chef Boyardee, okay, I, I don't know why, but let's say your family does and it goes on sale, buy a couple extra cans than you normally would and put them on the shelf. And just increase this over time. That way you don't have a huge impact on your wallet, number one. And number two, the food's not going to go to waste. You're going to eat it eventually because it's things you already eat. On top of all that, you know it's not going to wreak havoc with your digestive system if suddenly that's all you have to eat. You know what I mean? Sorry, a really stupid question. I'm sorry to interrupt. Where do you keep it? I'm assuming you have quite a store. Do you have a shed out back? You've already burst my bunker dreams. So where do you keep (laughs) one? Where do you keep your food and how much of it do you keep per person? What I recommend is I'll answer the second question first. okay? Okay. When it comes to quantity, the first goal you should have, if you're just starting out, your first goal is two weeks. You want two weeks' worth of food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. After you reach that two weeks, now shoot for a month. After you get that month, go for two months. I like to see people have at least two to three months' worth of food. Some people like to go far beyond that. That's fine. What I try to avoid is I don't want people to get freaked out right off the bat and think, oh, my God, I need a year's worth of food, and I need it right now. That's just not practical and it's not feasible. When it comes to the storage, just about anything in life that you're ever going to want to store for a long term, whether it's food, water, or anything else, cool, dark, dry, those are the requirements. So if you have a dry basement, you know, a basement you don't have to worry about it flooding or whatever, that's often the perfect place. Set up some shelving down there and you're good to go. I don't like to suggest people store things in an outdoor shed because it's not climate controlled. And in far too many places in the country, you've got humidity, you've got high heat in the summers, you've got the below zero in the winters, and it's just a recipe for failure. Is there Um, anything I can do? Because look, look, I'm in Houston, and I don't have a basement, 
and it's freaking miserable hot here, and it is humid here. Is there anything I can do as far as absorbing some of that humidity? Any way I can get it out of my house if I don't have a room in my house, or is that just not possible? Honestly, it's probably not feasible, okay. not without building a special structure to keep it climate okay. controlled. What about, that's, what about water, ammo, and money, or gold, or whatever it is? Okay, water... The, the various and sundry experts in the industry will tell you, you need to have one gallon of water per person per day for the length of the emergency. The problem with that is nobody knows how long an emergency is going to go on for. It's hard to know that ahead of time. My crystal ball stopped working a long time ago. What I recommend is a two-pronged approach to water. Number one, you should have some amount of water stored, bottled water, water that you've bottled yourself, you know, refilling two-liter soda bottles, things like that. Have enough to get you through at least a few days to a week, okay? Right. On top of that, you should have the means to take water sourced from outside the home, rainwater, pond, creek, lake, whatever you might have nearby, you want to have the means to take that water and render it clean enough to drink. Do this through, you know, a water filter product, boiling it, uh, water purification tablets. There are a number of different options on the market. I tend to favor the Sawyer brand products myself. I don't get anything for saying that. I just, I'm a satisfied customer. Um, but there are any number of other filtration or disinfection products on the market have at least two different things that you can use. The general rule is two is one, one is none. You want to have at least one backup. Okay. Okay. When it comes to... What do you have for water filtration? Sorry to nail you down on it, but like, where do I go? Amazon, Cabela's, what where do you, what do you use for water filtration? Amazon is where I typically go. Um, right now, they're shipping a little bit slower than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, any sporting goods store, I mean, Walmart in their sporting goods department, they've got the Sawyer Mini water filter. I'm pretty sure they probably still have Life Straws, things like that. Okay. Um, you, you can find them anywhere. These aren't special secret products by any means. Okay. When Am- I, uh, ammunition and money. Do you even bother with money? What are we prepping for either? Are we prepping for a tornado, the Chinese invading? What What are we doing? Well, pretty much any any of your preps are universal. Okay. And by that, I mean one of the most common emergencies that the family may face is sudden loss of income. The primary breadwinner gets laid off, gets fired, their company closes up, whatever, and suddenly they're on their own, at least until the unemployment check starts coming in, let alone finding a new job, and it could still be weeks before they see another deposit into their bank account. So, you know, if you're prepping for that, at the same time, you have this pandemic situation hits, and suddenly... We've got the lost income on top of not being able to find things that you want at the store. Um, your movements may be curtailed due to governor's orders, Jim, things like that. I'm sorry to interrupt, and I hate to ask this because I didn't prep you beforehand, but I have other questions. Is there any way I can hold you through this break I'm up against and ask you a couple more things on the back end? Is that okay? 
Yeah, not a problem. Outstanding. We're talking with Jim Cobb of DoomsdayPrepConsultants.com. I'm going to ask him a couple more things on the other side. Hang on just one second, okay, everybody? And, again, if you have to email me, you can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I want to know what he has for ammo. And I know he burst my bunker theory. But what if I want to dig one anyway? Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Speaking with Jim's uh, with Jim Cobb at DoomsdayPrepConsultants.com. He's written a bunch of books on it, been published nationally. Jim, money. Uh, I understand that it's doomsday, so you may not need actual dollar bills. Do you keep gold, silver? Do you keep dollar bills? What do you do for money? Well, there's a couple of different approaches to this, but I, I do need to make one really quick correction. Okay. It's disaster prep consultant, oh, I'm not sorry. doomsday. Disasterprepconsultants.com. Okay. Prep it, okay. Yep. Now, when it comes to money, like anything else, you want to diversify. Okay. You should have some cash on hand because not every disaster is going to rise to the level of suddenly currency no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Have some cash. How much is some? I like to suggest at least a full month's worth of expenses, if not more. Okay. Okay. Um, when it comes to precious metals, honestly, I'm kind of conflicted on that because number one, yes, precious metals hold their value pretty consistently, but at the same time, you need to find somebody who's willing to take them in place of currency. And while some people are really adept and they'll recognize, you know, gold or silver right off, you're going to have people who they don't deal with it on a regular basis. And they're not, they're going to be reluctant because they don't know for sure, is this genuine? Is this real? You know, that kind of a thing. So that's why I say diversify. Have some regular cash, have a little bit in precious metals. And if you want to go this far, you might think about barter items as well. Um, and this isn't something that I would suggest people invest a whole ton of their resources into, but there are things that are likely to hold higher value after a disaster. It sounds ridiculous, but toilet paper, um, tobacco, alcohol, things like that, things that you're probably going to use anyway, but if you have a little bit extra, that way you can trade it off if you need to, that kind of an approach. What do you do for, and I realize we might be getting a little, you know, too deep in the weeds with some of this stuff, but I'm enjoying it, so I'm not going to stop. What do you do for fuel or or, or power? I mean, are, are we even planning for something like that? There is no more power grid or something. Do you have a generator? Do you have five? Do you have a big fuel tank? Do you have nothing? Well, again, you want to have different options. Um, a generator is great to have, but they're noisy. Okay, so you got to take the good with the bad. You can power a lot of things in your house, but the entire neighborhood's going to know you're doing it. Um, solar panels are a great option. There is, you know, a pretty substantial outlay of cash at the outset, but you're going to earn that back over time later. Um, with fuel, you know, obviously you're going to want to use fuel stabilizers, and even that's not going to last forever. Okay, but the 
the flip side of this is the odds of a disaster happening that is so severe that we don't ever recover from it in our lifetimes is almost ridiculously remote. Society has a way of bouncing back. Okay, so as long as you're able to, you know, if you want to take the extreme long-term view, as long as you're able to fend for yourself for a year, you're probably going to be just fine. Okay, speaking of fending for yourself for a year, ammunition. I know that's a bit of a hardcore question, but I want to know, do you have, do you have 10 weapons set aside with 10,000 rounds each? Do you have one? Do you have none? How do you approach something like that? I I tell people if you're if you're going to explore firearms, okay, number one, you should have at least one rifle and one handgun for each member of your family, okay. Preferably more than one because if you know something malfunctions, you want to be able to repair it, things like that. You want to have spare parts, okay. For ammunition, that's really really a judgment call. Now, if we take a practical approach to this. Odds are you're not going to need 10,000 rounds of anything, okay? Even if you're counting in regular range time, okay? But ammunition is kind of a security blanket for us. Is there ever really truly enough? Probably not, okay? For some people, they're, they're constantly acquiring it and they're using it because they're going to the range, they're practicing, which is obviously something that has to happen on a regular basis. Marksmanship and accuracy and just overall firearms use, it's a very perishable skill, okay? Yeah, it's not something that you can just, you know, once a year spend an hour plinking at tin cans and call it good. Jim Cobb, go read his stuff. Completely fascinating. Thank you for giving us so much time today. Again, it's disasterprepconsultants.com. Jim, anything you want people to do before I send you off? Get better prepared. Okay. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche, but take the time to do it. You'll thank me later. Jim, thank you so much. That was fascinating. We're having you back on. Jim Cobb, disasterprepconsultants.com. That was fascinating, Chris. And I'll tell you, I have the ammunition, but I don't have any of the rest of that stuff. And look, on some of that stuff, like I mean, like he talked about MREs in the beginning. I mean, I've got that's what I've got. I didn't know. The the daggone things keep forever. I didn't know, but that was pretty fascinating. No, buy a couple extra cans. You're fine. All right. Now, I have a couple more things. One, you can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. No, I cannot possibly respond to all of them. Yes, you send it. I will read it. I read every single one of them. jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Just fire away. I should clarify something. If you send me a college thesis that is multiple pages long, I will read it in more of a browsing way. Brevity, people. Brevity. Hang on one second.
Remember, we're having the kids' service dinner tonight, and they're giving us the whole wait staff waiting tables experience. And we're going to order the food in because I'm not eating anything those little jerks are cooking. What do we order? Oh, we're going to DoorDash anything, but most food. I, I, I want. Here's what I. Here's why I ask, Chris. They have to get the food in the house. They have to arrange the food on some sort of a plate for me and deliver it to me. What I'm saying is that food is not going to be piping hot, so I need food that does not have to be piping hot. Of course I would love Red Lobster, Chris. I'm never getting the wife to agree to Red Lobster. That's more of my white trashy thing. Look, you're not going to have to talk me into Red Lobster. All right. If you missed any part of the show, highly recommend you catch at least the opening today. It's all available, podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, Apple. If you're an iTunes guy, right there at the touch of your finger, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you want to email me, you all be extra safe this weekend. Take care and remember, let's all die with some stories. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.